Hello, friends, patrons, listeners. This is Sam of Historian Splaining. A historian tells you why everything you know is wrong. So it's been a couple of weeks since I posted a new lecture, and the last one actually was an interview with a historian whose work I really love, Tobias Harper. You may have heard that, but since it's been a little while and I'm working on several things, I want to give you an update on what I'm doing and the situation with the podcast. So I've been reading for the next Myth of the Month, which will be on the Old West or the Wild West, and I think it should be a really great one. There's a lot, uh, obviously, of myth and romance around the American West, and it hasn't necessarily been grappled with well by historians and scholars, especially, I think, because so much of the scholarly attention has been on the myth of the frontier, which, although it's related and it might seem like the same thing, it really is not. The frontier is a different concept. It's an idea of a historical process that moves across the continent, whereas the Old West is a specific place and time with its own atmosphere, its own imagery and iconography, and its own ideological meanings. So I've started working on that, but I have been a bit slower in the past few months in creating new material, and part of that is because I've worked a lot on completing a draft of a paper that I was commissioned to write for the Yale Journal of Law and the Humanities. I made a presentation about it at the Yale Symposium on Technology, Law, and the Humanities in October, and subsequent to that, I made a complete initial draft the topic, the prompt that we were asked to write about for this symposium and for the issue of the journal is how the humanities can inform technology, law, and policy to foster healthier discourse and democracy online. And that, that phrase, healthier discourse and democracy online, is word for word part of the prompt that we were given. And it's something that I tried to pick apart and re-examine critically from a historical perspective. And my paper in response is titled In the American Tempest, Democracy, Conspiracy, and Machine. I think that probably a lot of you will find it very interesting. If all goes well, it should be published at some point in the spring and be available to read online. And I've also thought about if it can be worked out, maybe also creating an audio version of myself reading some form of the paper, maybe what appears in the journal or maybe something a bit different for my patrons. So if you're interested in that, please uh, sign up as a patron soon. And in addition to working on that and on the Old West, I'm also considering maybe a few weeks further down the road, maybe creating another year-end comment like I did in 2020 and 2021. If I did so, I don't think it would be as much about the current year. I'm not sure I have as many new things to say about this past year, but I expect it might focus more on looking back to events in the past, uh, sort of anniversaries that might resonate, especially of events and developments from 100 years ago, from 1922. One of them may be the railroad strike, which took place in 1922 and which ended with a congressional intervention to enforce a contract on the rail workers. Might sound a little familiar. 
And another also is something that I referred to in my paper for the Yale Journal, which is the publication of a seminal book called Public Opinion by Walter Lippmann, which was the first systematic examination of how people's worldviews in the era of mass communication are formed through those media. And the book began from an examination of how the New York Times covered the events of the Russian Revolution and the Russian Civil War. And so it deals a lot with how rumor, conspiracy theory, uh, wishful thinking play into the sort of mass media uh, reality-generating machine, how that then guides people's views and interactions with the world, and even particularly how Americans can kind of define themselves in the world through this opposition and this contradistinction with Russia, sort of America's, you could say, evil mirror image. So I mentioned this a bit in my paper. It seems to resonate very much with current fears about disinformation, misinformation, conspiracy theories, and so on. And so maybe I could explore that a little more in a year-end comment, but we'll see how the rest of the month shakes out. Part of why I'm tentative about these things is I have to weigh a lot of priorities and figure out what may work well for this podcast because things are sort of at a crisis point, maybe a crossroads if you want to put it more lightly. But I've been working lately towards my goal of 200 patrons. That's something I set a while ago, and I've been for a long time right around the precipice of that threshold, which I set as my goal in order to then work with a producer, bring on a collaborator who could deal with more technical issues more effectively than I could myself. I think it's reasonable, my, my hope was that if, if I have 200 or more patrons, I could expect to be getting enough remuneration from this podcast to get some income for myself and also share some portion of it to make it worthwhile for another person. And I want to be able to do things like I've mentioned, create video lectures, which could incorporate visuals, which I've always done when I teach in the classroom, and also lectures that deal with music and music in history, classical music, folk, spiritual music, and so on. And it happens that I recently spoke with someone, an old friend, who I hadn't talked to in a while, but who is very accomplished, has worked in the world of opera and theater, and who I think could really be perfect for collaborating on these ideas. I have made tremendous progress in getting towards this goal within the last two years. It's really been huge growth of listenership and patronage, and some people, it seems, have found their way to the podcast partly due to the new website that went up this year at www.historiansplaining.com, so it should be easy to remember if you're a listener. I can see that some traffic is coming to my podcast on SoundCloud and Patreon through this website, historiansplaining.com. And where I am now, it's just about at a level where I can basically make a very modest living if I keep to the bare minimum in all aspects of my life. But it really needs to grow a bit more in order to be a dependable income and to be able to bring on this collaborator and hence to try new things and I think move on to the next phase and start doing something new and to start reaching new people and new audiences. 
So for these reasons, it's actually very frustrating that it seems I may have reached a plateau where the growth over the past few months maybe has stopped or even worse might actually be backsliding. And just when it seems I'm almost there at this important threshold, support has started even to drop. And I can't quite get over that number. Granted, it's an arbitrary marker, but still it shows the problem that as of last month for a while, I was technically over 200, but then fell backward again at the beginning of this month. And the main reason why this is happening at this point is not mainly because of cancellations. There are always, it seems, some cancellations that's just been a fact of this job for a while. You know, life is rough. People have to make decisions about what they can or can't contribute to. But rather, it's because of declines. So patrons who have entered their information, who may have already made some contributions, but then when their card is charged at the turnover of the month, their financial institution rejects the charge as somehow fraudulent or suspicious, and the pledge never gets through and never gets to me. And these have become more and more frequent. They've always been an issue on Patreon, but it seems from what I can see from other creators, it, it gets worse at certain times, and maybe recently it's escalating. And really it's come to this point where I've come to dread the end of the month when payments are charged because there are so many declines, my level of putative support drops, and I found that most of the recent patrons who have been declined in this way, most of them never come back. I basically have to assume that they're lost and they've just sort of gone off into the ether and it's almost impossible to reach them or to fix the problem. And this past month I lost eight patrons to declines, which is about 4% of my entire revenue. So if you imagine the prospect of losing, of getting a 4% pay cut every month, it's almost impossible to then somehow make up for that every single month with new pledges. And why is it increasing? You know, I can't say for sure. It's partly just due to numbers. As I have more patrons, more get declined. But also, it seems to be issues with Patreon. And Patreon seems to cause a lot of decline and has no clear system for fixing this issue. The site frequently changes servers, software, algorithms. Some of you have probably seen they change their interface from time to time for no apparent reason. And these changes seem to sometimes cause financial institutions to reject the charges as fraudulent. And then they, they do nothing to reach out to these institutions to clear it up. They put all the onus on the patrons themselves, but they don't do much to reach them either. They maybe send just one message saying, hey, something's wrong with your payment, you're declined. A lot of these people never see that message. Either they, they don't read all these messages from Patreon or it goes into spam or the email address Patreon is using is already outdated so the patron never sees it. And then if and when patrons do try to fix the problem, often the interface is complicated and difficult and the updated payment might still just get declined again and Patreon doesn't do much to help and worst of all, the word is that if a patron's been declined for over a month, this situation lingers for more than a month, then Patreon basically just shunts you out, ignores you from then on, treats you as a non-patron, and sends you no more notifications at all. 
So you may not even know when I, a creator, am going in and posting new materials on Patreon and you just aren't getting notified about them and you don't know about patron-only pieces that you're not getting access to and you're not getting notified about. So the upshot of all of this is if you're a patron and you think everything is working fine, you may be mistaken. You might have actually been declined, your payments aren't coming through, you aren't getting the patron-only materials, but you don't know and it's very hard for anyone to get through to you and tell you. So that's why, you know, I hate to whine and complain, obviously, when I'm so fortunate and so grateful for all the support I've gotten. Nonetheless, I have to use this audio platform to reach people on who, who may be out there who don't know that this has happened to them. And as of right now, there are currently 29 patrons who have been declined and then have neither fixed the issue nor canceled their pledge and are just in this kind of limbo where I don't know whether any of them are going to come back or not. And this creates this cloud of uncertainty, which is very bad, especially for small creators, right? When you're trying to figure out how much income you can actually rely on and what you're able to do with it, uh, you have this cloud of uncertainty. So all that being said, why am I uh, complaining about this and what do I want you to do? Well, for one thing, obviously, if you are a patron, even if you think that everything is working fine, please check and make sure. Go into Patreon, go into your account. Does the site have a banner saying that you've been declined? Are you able to play my patron-only posts, such as the latest piece in History of the United States and 100 Objects, which is number 20 on the Silver Beaker with Devil and Pope figures. Are you able to play that or not? And do you see receipts coming through to you of your payments into Patreon? So please double-check that, and if you are in any doubt at all, please message me or email me, historiansplaining at gmail.com. Reach out to me and I will look and see if you are successfully processing through Patreon and are getting the materials you're supposed to. If you find that you are declined, Patreon has steps supposedly to fix that. I can send you the pages with those steps to clear it and and fix the problem, retry payments that didn't work. If those don't work, please tell me and I will do my best to try to help you to solve it, to get around the problem. Secondly, if you have been declined and you can't support any longer, that's fine. Please just cancel. Go into Patreon and cancel the pledge so that I know and that I can just put you, X you off the list and not worry about it anymore. You know, it's always disappointing to lose a patron, but if that's what you got to do, it's what you got to do. Better to have that resolved rather than hanging out in limbo. Or alternatively, of course, if you don't want to deal with Patreon at all anymore which is totally reasonable. There are other ways that you could donate or support, such as through PayPal. We can arrange it, and I will make sure that you get all the patron-only content, that you don't miss anything. You know, whatever it takes, sending links, files, I'll make sure you get what you're entitled to as a patron. And secondly, if you're not a patron, which obviously most of you aren't, firstly, if you are ready and able, please do go sign up on Patreon. It's massively encouraging and rewarding. Or if you want to support in another way, message me and we will arrange it. If you are not yet a patron, but you're thinking about it, you're on the fence, please tell me about what you would like to see that would make it worthwhile for you. You know, I I always post some patron-only material, but not nearly as much as a lot of other creators do. I like having a lot of things open to the public. 
But if there is something that would make it worth it for you, I will do it to bring you on as a patron. And thirdly, if you cannot sign on, but you like the pod, you're enjoying it, please post about it. Tell colleagues, comrades, neighbors, loved ones, friends, family, frenemies, anyone you can reach. Tell them about what you've heard, what you enjoy. And you can use, for one thing, use the website historiansplaining.com as a way to share it because it's useful in that it shows the different series that I've produced and the different platforms that the podcast can come on, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. And so different people, you know, like and are used to different platforms. And a lot of them are finicky if they think, oh, no, well, I have to somehow go into iTunes or something. So you can send them this website and it shows clearly you can reach this podcast through all sorts of different platforms, whatever you're comfortable with. And of course, as I've explained before, if you do sign up, you get my patron-only materials, including every other episode of each of my ongoing series. So you will be able to listen to my most recently posted Myth of the Month on conspiracy theories, which was you know a big favorite with a lot of listeners. You'll hear the latest Doorways in Time about the archaeological discovery of the library of Ashurbanipal, the largest collection of documents from the ancient world that's ever been discovered. And most recently, you'll be able to hear the history of the United States and 100 objects, number 20, which is on a silver beaker with devil and pope figures from 18th century colonial New York. So lastly, I will sign off by playing a short excerpt, a small piece of this lecture on this very significant object. Thank you. The word death. And through this gate, it then continues forward to a third figure. And that third figure is a naked man carrying a whip. And his body is entwined with a large serpent. And presumably this figure represents Satan. And hence, by implication, Satan is leading onward both the Pope and the Pretender in their machinations to try to recapture the British throne. And then finally, at the end of the design, the devil figure is seen marching straight into the mouth of a dragon that is rising out of the earth, spewing flames. And the flames are conveniently labeled hell, right? Just to make it totally clear what this represents. And so in sum, what we see is three figures all roped together, marching inexorably forward through danger and death to damnation. Now, as I said, along the rim of the cup, there are three couplets of doggerel verse. And these read, quote, Three mortal enemies remember, the devil, pope, and the pretender. Most wicked, damnable, and evil, the pope, pretender, and the devil. I wish they were all hanged in a rope, the pretender, devil, and the pope. So notice in this rhyme, we have this repetition of threes, right? There are three couplets of verse. Each one refers to these three evil, damnable figures. And they seem to form, you could say, a sort of evil or sinister reflection of the Trinity. And in fact, the the last phrase, which says, quote, the pretender, devil, and the pope, pretty closely echoes the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It almost rhymes. And this cup with its engravings may have...